Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Kratom Sobriety Podcast, episode number 27. Thanks. And this is Charlie. And after the first segment, Nesima has a great interview with Sammy. You want to listen through the whole thing because it has a heartwarming conclusion. Then after the interview, Jacob takes a look at a study that was published that examines kratom use and toxic metals. And right now we're going to take a listen to a voicemail from an audience member. Hey, man. Um, my name's Angus. I'm from New Jersey. I've been listening to your podcast. I've been struggling for a few years now with this. And uh, if you have a chance and you might want to consider having a guest on, I would really like to spread awareness and tell my story as well. My callback number, uh, please keep making episodes. Please keep informing people and please keep uh, offering that support. You're doing God's work, man. Uh, I would look forward to hearing from you. Have a good one. Paint in there, Angus. It was nice connecting with you, and I hope things are better for you. Keep in touch, and we'd love to have you on the show. And it was it's nice seeing you in the WhatsApp group, and hope to see you at a meeting soon. And now I'm going to play a little clip from an interview that we're going to publish on the main feed, hopefully this Wednesday. It is with the journalist Edward Erickson Jr. Last year, he did a four-part series on Kratom and the industry and its lobby. In this clip, he references a couple of years ago, he got a phone call from his sister about his nephew dying. I had never heard of Kratom until the phone call from my sister. Yeah. Most of the popular press reporting that I read about Kratom then, in, in Rolling Stone and in Vice and you know, places like that, they framed the Kratom story as a drug war overreach. And you know, the DEA moved to schedule it. And the industry and many of the users rallied and stopped them, which was a remarkable thing that I don't think ever happened before. And nobody had, at that time, in, in journalism, nobody had looked at the big Kratom vendors or the American Kratom Association, which uh, at the time was claiming there had never been a death attributable to Kratom. And I was able very quickly to locate about a half a dozen wrongful death lawsuits stemming from Kratom and Kratom alone. I mean, I, I threw out the ones that had polydrug. So I had those in hand and, and reports from Kratom only overdoses from medical examiners where they put them in a gra you know, a grid. You wouldn't have the name of the person. And so I couldn't contact them, but it would be a, a, a data point. And when I looked at what AKA was saying and compared it to the evidence I was able to gather, including James' autopsy, James's autopsy and toxicology reports, um, I saw problems. So please have a look out for that. This week, Mr. Erickson is from Courthouse News, and I appreciate for the time he took to sit down with me and talk about some complex issues. And now for the interview this week. your host for this episode, Decima. And today we're going to be talking with Sammy. I'm super excited to have Sammy here. Sammy has five years. So hello, Sammy. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm so excited to have you. 
I guess we, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit and get your perspective being, you know, five years clean. I think that's just amazing. Um, but first let's get to know you a little bit. How would you describe yourself? Oh gosh. Um, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I, um, I wear my heart on my sleeve and, um, when I'm very passionate about something, I, I go for it and, um, and I don't look back. It's just kind of the person I am. That's awesome. That fiery energy, huh? <laughs> That's so cool. So when did you quit Kratom? I believe it was actually I've written down uh, April 3rd um, is when I quit Kratom in, in 2018. So that was a long time ago. What was the Kratom scene like, say, 10 years ago? I, I was a little, I kind of did and dabbed. Um, I, I too am a recovering alcoholic addict. Um, I, uh, whatever you had, I, I wanted it if it could make me feel different. I ended up, uh, getting into, to heroin. And, um, when that wasn't available, uh, I was told about this thing called Kratom and it's all natural and you don't have to have a prescription for it. So it wasn't as like, common as you as you would would think like t it is today for the most part if you say have you heard of kratom everyone's like yeah i've heard of it or i've done it um then it wasn't as popular but it was there people just really didn't um use it as frequently it wasn't as advertised if you will when you when you were to, to go to a, a head shop or wherever for example so do you remember exactly when you did start Kratom or when you first discovered it? Yes, I do. It was uh, before I went to treatment for the first time. It, I was living in Wichita, Kansas. I live here in good old North Dakota now is where I'm born and raised. Um, but I was living there with my now ex-wife. I was told about it from some people I was, I was using uh, drugs with. And so I went there. I had no idea about all these strains and what does what and different colors. You know, there, there's so many options now or maybe then too, but especially now. So it was really overwhelming for me. And I remember just saying, I just want to stop these withdrawals. I just don't want to feel like I'm feeling right now. I feel so sick. And they, they pointed out to me, green mangda and after that, that was always my deal. That was always my thing is green mangda because it literally was like somebody switched off this light and I, I felt better immediately. Now, again, I wasn't using heroin at a really horrible rate at that time. I was still, I, I only dabbled with it for a few months, thankfully. Um, but it was enough definitely to feel the effects. And it was like this wonder drug, you know? And so, yeah, I'll never forget my first time using it. It's funny how we all have our favorite strain. And, uh, you know, a lot of people will even say that the strains are, you know, a figment of our imagination. They all do the same thing. But mine was red and white. I called it the vegan speedball. <laughs> so I totally relate. Um, but yes, you've already kind of talked about, you know, your struggles with your recovery from your previous opioid addiction. Um, and it sounds like that's kind of what led you to your Kratom use. Is that correct? Absolutely. hundred percent. 
Okay. So you heard that it was something that could help you um, come off of heroin and other opioids and therefore that's got you. Okay. And yeah. And then eventually that became my drug of choice. As it does for so many of us. (laughs) Um, So let me ask when and how did Kratom start to become a problem for you? What were the signs that I would do things such as like, I'm, I'm a little, like not a girly purse, but I carry, you know, like a a purse with me and obviously, and I could, I just, God bless those who can. I was never able to take it raw. It always had to be in capsules. I could not just swish it down. I, I just couldn't, I wasn't that type. So I would take six, sometimes eight capsules every couple of hours Obviously, that's not as convenient to store in your little purse with your working all day or whatnot. So I had this this mental obsession of like, do I have enough kratom to get me through the day? Do I, you know, it just it just became it consumed me. Like, oh, I think I, I think I need more because I think I'm feeling not just quite yet. So you know, it was it was just like I said this this crazy mental obsession. I knew after the amount of money I was spending on it, just having to sneak this around and lie what it actually is when, when people would see me use it. So, so things like that were starting to become a huge issue. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say that's, that's kind of when it started the problem. Yeah, I think we all kind of um, become obsessed with it at some point. I remember just spending so much time wasted taking my dose and then all that time you spend just waiting for that dose to kick in. And yes. then just trying. So I'm wondering if you had a rock bottom or anything in particular that happened that was just like, this is it and that's what made you. Uh, absolutely. Um, so... Unfortunately, it took me three times to get my, my, I don't know if I'm able to say swear words on this, but get my shit together. And I, I put my family and I have an amazing, huge family and I put them through absolute hell, lying, stealing, whatever you, you can imagine. Um, so the last time I went to treatment and I've been sober ever since, um, I got back, um, probably June, it would have been around June. And then um, in July, I had a family reunion and I was terrified to go. So I took a sober buddy with me from a 12 step program. And uh, um, she she had come with me and I was like, my family just didn't know what to quite think of me. And I was so nervous for this big old thing. And after so or excuse me, it wasn't, it wasn't in June, July. It was June, July of 2017, excuse me. And I had taken it and, um, uh, we got to the, the reunion and they just got done eating lunch. And so I took this very large amount of, of, of a dose of Kratom just to kind of, this was my second time out of treatment. Excuse me. We were just grabbing, this is all I remember. We grabbed food. I sat down. And then my friend sat right beside me and then my aunt and my cousin were on the other side of this table. And that was the last thing I remember. The next thing I remember, I'm laying on the floor and I'm looking up and there's people looking at me. 
I had a horrible grand mal seizure, everyone. I was bleeding from my mouth. I chewed up half the side of my tongue. And um, it was so so mangled, I couldn't even speak. I had wet myself. And they were telling me, I just like started moaning. And then all of a sudden, I was falling backwards. My friend was able to catch me, lowered me to the ground. And I woke up to um, to them. And they called the ambulance because I don't blame them. I was terrified. Had you ever had a seizure before? So I had a thing called pseudo seizures um, where your body thinks they're real, you're, but they're really not. Um, cause I, I had so much trauma and, and things going on. So once my family found out about that, they were like, oh, she's faking it. So I had this, everybody thought I faked things. So they really weren't sure if that was real, but at the same time, it was very real and they knew it. And I was like, I, I, and I, a lot, you know, I said, I didn't take any drugs. You guys, I I'm sober and all that stuff. And I was sober from everything else except for Kratom. And um, it was just my security blanket. But I was so terrified um, because I was then diagnosed with a brain tumor, uh, a, a malignant one. It wasn't cancerous. And I had a surgery um, for that and um, in 2020. And I now am diagnosed with um, epilepsy. So I'm on seizure medication to prevent it. If people don't know, multiple seizures can cause brain damage eventually. It's destroying your brain tissue. So I, I, what I didn't have epilepsy before, but after the, after I did. That's terrifying. I'm so sorry that happened to you. I too had seizures from kratom. Mm. I had never had seizures before, so mine were actually kratom induced seizures and. That was also my mom. Believe and know that they're real and it's very scary. Yes, yes, we're so glad to have you here and doing good and being an inspiration to me for sure. And I know everybody that's going to hear this. Um, so when you did quit, did you taper off slowly or did you cold turkey? Did you get medical assistance? How did you, what did that look like for you? I honestly... After that, I, I really just looked at my life and I ended up going on methadone because, hey, it's prescribed. So it's going to be helpful to me. Wrong. Um, I was prescribed it and I was on a very heavy dose. And then my life was in shambles. I destroyed and burned it down. So I called mom and dad in North Dakota and I said, mom, dad, can I come home? You know, and they're like, sure, like, oh, gosh, when is this girl ever going to get it? You know, so I showed up with my tail in between my legs and I was I was just a mental nutcase. I, I was just emotional and whatnot. And here there was the the closest methadone clinic where I would have had to travel every day was 100 miles away. And there was just no way in heck I was going to make that that. 200 mile trip every single day to get my little dose of liquid. And, um, so I was withdrawing a big time. I went to a doctor and faked uh, pain. He gave me pain pills that wasn't even doing it. Um, and methadone is no joke. Um, and so I tried Kratom 
And it helped me tremendously. And I finally had it. And and that was like really my after that seizure and everything. I just like, Sammy, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? You know? And so I went to my mom and I said, mom, can I go back to treatment? And I said that in that way because I have two, two small dogs. And so I'd need someone to watch them. Um, where I went in Florida is about two months. So she's like, yes, like absolutely. So I went back to treatment and, um, I didn't take the detox meds or anything. I just quit. I just, I suffered it out. I sweated it out. Um, I wasn't Googling and, and looking up like, what can I take to help with these withdrawals? Like, you're just going to have to suffer, shake it off. It's awful. It's hell. But you know what? That implanted in my brain to remember exactly what it feels like. And I don't ever want to feel that way again. I can absolutely see the value in that. Um, I've done it both ways. So I see absolutely what you mean. Once you've been through that, you never want to go through it again. And I would say that's how my last bit was. I also went down the mat road and abused the Suboxone that was supposed to be helping me. So I totally feel you there. We called it liquid handcuffs, you know. So, <laughs> um, so. <laughs> you've kind of already touched on um what you what helped you get through the withdrawals you didn't really use any medications but did were there you know things that you did that did help um maybe other than medications absolutely um so i can't say enough how a 12 step program has helped me um and not just with it, everything in life. It's teaching me how to deal with life on life's terms, how to be a good person, um, how to deal with just everyday adulting or whatnot, relationships, you know, family. So I really got involved into that. And in turn, I got to help people. And that has been my biggest inspiration and, and it, biggest influencer on, on to keep me sober is I'm going to be of no use. If I go back meditation, I strongly believe in meditation, getting hobbies, you know, it's, it's all in our minds. It's absolutely all in our minds. And if we just, I don't know, like statistics or anything, but it's like the cravings last, I'm going to make something up two minutes. So keep yourself busy for two minutes and then it'll, it'll depreciate, go do something, go help somebody. I don't care if it's, carrying groceries out of a store for an old lady or anybody for that matter, opening a door, you just feel good and you feel like you have a place in this life. Um, but most definitely, um, like I said, a 12 step program and just, like I said, keeping busy, keeping busy, um, meditation. Um, you know, I need to remain grounded and keep this space cleared up as best I can, you know? Absolutely. What's that saying? Idle hands do the devil's work. So we have to keep busy and our minds are just so powerful. I totally agree. Um, How did your first month without Kratom go for you? Luckily, I was in a treatment facility, um, like I said, for about 60 days worth of my sobriety. But it was tough because I don't care how good of a treatment center or whatnot. There's always going to be people trying to bring stuff in like Suboxone with little strips was very common there. And as awful as I was feeling coming off 
months and months of a heavy, heavy dose of methadone, you know, no other opiates, Kratom, alcohol, Xanax. I was a wreck. Cocaine, I was a wreck inside. Um, but again, I just, um, it, it was a lot of, I remember the, the, on my coin out ceremony, when you, when you get through treatment, they do this big ceremony for you. Um, and all the staff is there and the, and your therapist you got assigned to says a little something about you. And the nurse nursing staff stepped in and they said, you are one of the patients we're always going to remember. They said, when you first get there, you're in detox for two weeks and you're on camera 24 seven just to make sure you're safe. And they said that first night you got there, you were a mess and we could have gave you some bup, you know, which is kind of like a form of suboxone um, to help you and taper you. Like they could have done a very nice general generous taper for me, but you refused it. And we late that night, we watched you get on your knees and scream, God help me. You were just miserable. And they said that gave us goosebumps and we just watched you shine there on out. Um, so it was a lot of, lot of sleepless nights. Um, I'm still on a medication for restless legs to this day because I'm terrified to ever get them again. Um, but again, I was coming off all sorts of things and everybody, you know, is, is very different. It was really humbling. I really can look back at it now and say it was very humbling to, to get that, that chance to. Uh, recovery, unless you have been through it, you might not understand just how deep spiritually it can be. So I totally understand that. Um, it's nice to get in touch with that again when we're not so numb anymore. I'm wondering if you had, when you were taking Kratom, if you suffered like any kind of side effect from the Kratom that you saw improve after you quit. Gosh, you know, honestly, I, I just have a clear mind. So many avenues with that. Um, just a much clearer mind. Definitely my uh, bank account is a lot more padded nowadays. <laughs> but I was, I almost got anxiety really bad when I took it. Like it, it was really bad. And, and my lows were really low. You know, I just kind of almost got depressed almost. And that's just a whole different story nowadays. Um, like I said, a lot clearer mind lot to do with that mental obsession of it. I don't have to worry about it anymore. You know, not saying I, I don't forget who I am and where I am. You know, I, I can't always get com complacent, you know, but, um, I, I, I really think my mental health is just so much better. Oh, amen to that. I totally agree. It's just amazing how much better life really is after Kratom. And that's one point that I want to get across with you know, these interviews and this podcast and all the time, I just want to scream. It's so much better afterwards. Um, and who supports you the most? Who have you found the most support in your life from? You guys, I put them through absolute hell. I'm 37 years old right now. And 
I, I should be settled into a home and married and kids and this whole white picket fence type thing career. And I, I, I very much so took a very um, different turn in life. And that's okay. Um, just a little bit of a late bloomer. I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for my parents. Um, it stole so much from me. It's not even funny. And it almost angers me. At, at the time, I feel like this is the only option. I'm not going to survive if I don't take this. I want to end my life if I don't take this. You, you just feel like there's no way out of it. And and I promise, and I hate, I hate this stupid cliche, but if I can do it, you can do it. And I could not mean that any more than I do right now. You will know a whole new life that you never knew existed. The goals you have right now that you don't think is even possible, you're going to surpass them guaranteed guaranteed um and a lot of us think it's natural so is marijuana so it's not bad for us and you know what we all could sit and argue this for for whatever i'm just telling simply my story um i can't speak for others the the thing of it is there's just a a little bit of a difference for me anyway this like i said this is my my personal but it is unknown we know nothing about it we really don't. We don't know exactly where it's coming from. It's not FDA approved. It's not all these things. There's so much unknown and it, it, it's, it's, it's dangerous. And that we're guinea pigs, basically. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Just don't even do it. And if, if you're taking it right now, I just strongly recommend try tapering, try different options or whatever, get off of it. That was so terrifying. These seizures are real and they are happening. The mo I didn't know why I had a seizure and I Googled. I was thinking, what was the difference I did today? I took a big dose of Kratom and seizures, 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 stories. You know, it's, there's, there's especially Facebook pages or whatever plat social platforms. There's always a, this, this product is great. And then there's a product and then there's a page of this product is bad. Um, I used to be on the page of yay Kratom. And then now I'm on the page of no Kratom just because I want to get my story across. Because again, like I said earlier, helping people, is what if in it I agree 100%. I don't want to see any another death from, you know, kratom seizure, which seems to be the common theme with these kratom deaths is the seizures. Um I didn't want to be another one myself, so I I'm so glad that you're here to talk about that and I really appreciate how raw you've been um sharing a little bit of your, you know, your story and how much your life has changed since you quit Kratom. Um, I'll change the mood a little bit, make it a little lighthearted and ask you one of the questions that we ask all of our guests. And when you're having a bad day, what is your go-to music? Love this question. All right. So if you go into my Apple Music account right now, you're going to be like, what the heck genre is her thing? Because I, it can go from super country to really hard rock to rap to classical or something. It's just my spectrum is just crazy. So when I'm, when I tend to be in like a lower mood, 
um, or having a bad day, whatnot, I like to listen to hard rock. I love, love Shinedown and Incubus. Um, that That's just my jam. That kind of music, I just, it's not quite screaming, but I can, I can belt out my emotions very well with it. Um, so those would probably be my, my favorites. Um, yeah, I just, I love Shine Down, especially that whole band is sober, except for the drummer. He drinks one beer per show. Um, otherwise, no drugs, no booze for them. And I like that. And and their lyrics are just great. Nice. Have you been to any concerts? So concerts were just like, I, I've been so blessed to go to so many. Um, but my most recent one oof, would probably be Kiss. I went to them here in North Dakota. Um, and it was, it was pretty awesome. Seeing my dad. Yep. Seeing my dad, because um, their tour they did is like their returning tour. So wherever they toured back in the 70s or whatever, they were going back to those those places. So seeing my dad light up like a little kid again was just, yes, it was fantastic. So, yeah, we went to some Kiss. Um, but I, I go to concerts at least once a year. I, I just, I need them. I love them. I love concerts too, and I've been to a bunch. Okay, so just moving right along here. Um, what is your top tip for somebody getting ready to quit Kratom? What would what advice would you give to somebody? Um, I would definitely find uh, a trusted um, friend just to know what you're going through and what's going on. Go to these support groups, like uh, support pages of other people experiencing it. They can give you a lot of tips and tricks if you're experiencing similar things. So communication is so huge. So, so big. Don't, don't freak out about it. Don't trip yourself out, trip yourself up over, over it, you know, so much. It's a good thing. Your, your end goal is to get off of it. So that's wonderful. Do it. Um, you don't know if you don't try. Just fill your fill your your time with with things to do. Try not to lay around during the day, so at night you can sleep. You know, well, try to. Um, it, and it's it's not easy, but again, I want you to remember exactly how you felt, and that you never ever have to feel that way again once you're done with it. So hang in there. You're loved and you're wanted and cherished and. Many of us are here to cheer you on and help you out. I couldn't agree more. Um, and I know it's going to sound like bullshit, but I always say my worst day sober is still better than my best day on freedom. Um, I will take every one of my bad days now over all the days I had back then. It's just so, it's so good. Okay, Sammy. So I got one more question here. Um, is there anything else that we haven't talked about today that you'd like to share? If you're ever feeling bad about yourself, uh, come find me and I'll, I'll tell you about all the things I've done. Um, uh, all jokes aside. So I, again, I used to steal. I used to lie. I used to do awful, awful things with hard work and dedication. I'm now an EMT for our local uh, ambulance. It's so real and raw out there, hence why I'm so real and raw. 
I don't know how many times in the last two months we've Narcan people to bring them back. I remember the last one that was re that really impacted me was a 17-year-old girl. And I walked in and um, she had been using these things. There was fentanyl or something like that. And she was dead. She was absolute dead when we got there. And luckily with Narcan, we were able to bring her back. And before we knew it, she was talking to us the whole trip to the, the hospital. As crappy as I felt about my past, I'm so thankful for it now because I take a look at the paramedic right beside me. He has no knowledge of addiction personally, anything like that. So he doesn't know what to say, right? And I was able to sit, kneel right down beside her, hold her hand and say, I've been where you've been. And I remember how scared she was. That was the first time that's ever happened. And she too had taken Kratom. Um, but it's scary. It's happening out there in small town, North Dakota, you know, anywhere I've been, it's happening. I recommend everyone get some Narcan, have it on you. Um, if you're a purse carrier or whatever, I don't know how many times I've had a Narcan people before I got into this job. It'll save a life. And especially if you're using or whatnot, keeps them at your, your house. So Again, I have a I have a life today that's beyond my wildest dreams. I'm an adrenaline junkie, and this is a big time adrenaline junkie job. But I have to be careful because this is a burnout type of job of the things we see and go through and witness. And we're working 24 hour shifts. Um, my last pay period, I think I clocked in 120 hours for two weeks. Um, you work a lot, but um, but thankfully, like I said, with, with help of a 12-step program, I know how to delegate all the things I, I do in life. Or in, and also, I get to help people. Like I said, I'm an adrenaline junkie, and I love helping people, and that is exactly what I get to do. Um, it's not always rainbows and sunshines, and it's not always fun, exciting cases and whatnot, but it's very rewarding nonetheless. But if, if it wasn't for all these things, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get to do this job today. I couldn't even imagine having to juggle an addiction or whatnot. I, I like to keep up with my mental health. Um, I still see a therapist once in a while. I, um, you know, it's very important to me. And as great as things are, if I decide to rate this moment, take some Kratom, I'm going to lose everything I put before my recovery. I will lose it so quick. So quick. I've done it. I've been there. Um, and today I can wake up and just wake up. I'm not feeling sick. I'm not wondering how am I going to get money today? What things am I going to have to do to get money? Or who can I steal from that has what I need? I can just wake up and okay, today's a new day and I'm here, you know, let's do this. Um, it's so worth it, you guys. It is so worth it. I. It sounds to me like you are in the perfect career for yourself. And I'm really happy to hear that you're still able to smash those goals because, you know, but I also am finding that I'm able to still achieve goals and stuff. And there it's just a lot more fulfilling, clear headed and 
I really super appreciate you being here to be an inspiration and maybe, you know, somebody will hear, hear your story and relate and, you know, want to reach out. So thank you so much, Sammy, for being a part of the podcast. Yeah. I hope you have a great day. <laughs> you too. Thank you so much for having me. Kratom in the headlines. Hey everybody, it's Jacob. And this week, uh, we've got two articles related to heavy metals and contamination of Kratom products. So we haven't really talked a lot about this on the podcast, um, and there's really limited information out there about it. But there has been some analysis done and some writings done on the potential uh, contamination of Kratom products with heavy metals. So today we've got two articles on the subject. So the first article is from May of this year, 2023, and it's from Science Direct. And the article is entitled Analysis of Heavy Metals Content in Commercially Available Kratom Products in Richmond, Virginia. So I'll just read the abstract um, because it's a scientific paper. Um, So essentially, Kratom is a novel psychoactive substance that has gained popularity within the past 10 years. Originating from Southeast Asia, the leaves of Mitrogenia speciosa tree contain two principal alkaloids, mitrogenine and 7-hydroxymitrogenine that play a key role in opioid-like effects. Um, essentially, it goes on to say that the effects, um, yeah, because of those effects, the use of products has increased, and um, there have been reports describing concerns about the heavy metal content of these products for safe consumption. So essentially, um, what happened was they did a sample of 27 Kratom products from tobacco shops, smoke shops around the Richmond, Virginia area. This included powders, teas, extracts, and a carbonated beverage. Those samples were subjected to acid digestion, followed by inductively coupled plasma optical erosion spectroscopy analysis. And essentially what they found was aluminum, arsenic, copper, iron, magnesium, manganese, nickel, and lead were were quantitated using um, basically some some standards, and the samples were found to have up to 20 times the tolerable intake of manganese. Overexposure to manganese can lead to manganism, which is a syndrome that presents Parkinson-like syndromes, including tremors, uh, dystonia, facial muscle spasms, etc. Um, so basically, uh, this is uh, somewhat concerning because you know, 20 times the "quote unquote" tolerable level of uh, heavy metals in kratom products in these samples um, could lead to some some serious consequences, as listed there. Uh, we have another article um, entitled "What to Know About Heavy Metals in Kratom," and this is a little bit older. It's from April 2019, and it's from Healthline. But essentially. In, in there was a CDC report that came out um, after the FDA issued a warning on kratom back in 2019 that stated that the drug was not safe due to heavy metal contamination. So in this report, the FDA analyzed 30 different kratom products for the presence of heavy metals. They found significant level, levels of lead nickel at concentrated concentrations that exceeded safe exposure for oral drug intake. The agency warns that chronic long-term exposure to nickel and lead can lead to and cause heavy metal poisoning. Symptoms may include nervous system damage, high blood pressure, and increased risk of certain cancers. So I'm not a scientist, everybody, not a doctor. 
I know that people have reported symptoms such as high blood pressure, um, have also imported things like numbness and uh, shaking, etc. I had some of those symptoms. I was uh, telling our humble host, Charlie, that essentially um, I had a scare probably around this time last year um, when I was still using Kratom. Um, I would switch from extract to powder when I when I had um, a limited amount of money. I'd, I'd use the powder when I was flush with cash. I guess you could say I would use uh, the OPMS extracts. But anyways, essentially, I had some numbness in my right foot for a while, and uh, I read some of these articles that I'm mentioning and a few others, and I freaked myself out that I had had, you know, poisoned myself with heavy metals. Fortunately for me, it was just a pinched nerve, and it went away after a few days, but that was one of the things that I think helped contribute to me ultimately getting off and and wanting to get off Kratom. So um, I don't want to scare anybody out there. That's not our intent here. Our intent is just to educate. So we'll we'll post links to these uh, articles in the show notes. And um, if you're concerned or curious about heavy metals and Kratom, you know, do your own research and, um, you know, talk to your doctor about it if you're having some concerning symptoms. Resource of the week. Today, I'm going to give you some information about a website called nextdistro.org. They're a resource of the nonprofit Next Harm Reduction, and they distribute resources and tools to promote harm reduction, including free naloxone, which is also known as brand name Narcan, as Sammy talked about in their interview. If you are a person who uses drugs, or if you are around people who use drugs, please consider learning how to respond to an opioid overdose by using naloxone, which is a medication designed to reverse an opioid overdose. Opioids slow down the activity of the central nervous system. This can cause slowed or stopped breathing, which may lead to death. Naloxone displaces the opioids from the opioid receptors in the brain, which allows the person who's experienced an opioid overdose to begin breathing normally. For the most part, this won't work for Kratom alone. There are some case studies in the literature that's where they used naloxone to reverse respiratory depression in a patient, and they did a drug test on this patient, and the only thing that showed up on the tax screen was antidepressant and Kratom. And the literature also talks about some Kratom-induced acute respiratory distress syndrome, but for the most part, Kratom is thought to not depress the respiratory system in the same way that classic opioids do. Now, Lexone or Narcan can be especially helpful for some people who use Kratom. And those who are still struggling in a deep active addiction, where they find themselves relapsing back on harder things like heroin or opiates or benzos, harsher drugs that may cause respiratory depression. Or if you're when you can't get your main drugs, you switch to Kratom to help with your withdrawals, or maybe you're early in your recovery and you're prone to relapse. It might be the best bet to have Narcan around. This is because Kratom is most deadly when it's mixed with other drugs. And if you end up mixing and have a poly substance abuse overdose, Narcan can save you, especially if you're taking fentanyl or some other powerful opiate that is going to shut down your heart and breathing. Once again, the website is 
Next Distro. And they also have resources about Good Samaritan policies, crisis support, telephone hotline, syringe exchange, an Alex own training calendar, uh, pharmacy resources.